Welcome to the teaching ministry of Calvary PSL. Please join our discipleship and missions pastor, Matt Messiano, for the message community. Grab your Bibles and turn to Acts 2. Good news. Um, I'm also put the verses, they'll, they'll be provided on the screens. So you can grab your Bible or you follow along on the screens. How was your Thanksgiving? Y'all eat? Take a nap? Yeah. Eat a lot of turkey? <clears throat> a lot of turkey. Well, I'm Matt Missiano, your discipleship and missions pastor. Every time I teach, I like to do a quick Missiano update, uh, make it personal. So um, Michelle and I are doing amazing. She's the assistant principal at the school across the street. If you didn't know, Calvary Christian Academy. She's most certainly operating in her gifting. I'm so proud of her. Pray for her. She's uh, finalizing her second chapter in her dissertation. So it's been an uphill battle. She's almost done with her doctorate. I'm so excited for her. I'll keep her in your prayers. So Elizabeth just turned 13. Oh man, just a great season for us. It was her birthday last month and Eliana is 10 months old. So she's beyond growling and now she says dada, 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 dada. So I'm super excited about that. Yes, and uh, baby Luke is brewing. Um, he should be with us in February. So uh, a lot of punching and a lot of kicking and a lot of movement. Um, I don't know where he gets that from, highly energetic. So um, pray for us. And just so you know, Michelle and I are praying for all of you. And speaking of prayer, I think it's fitting that we all pray together right now. So let's go to the Lord. Father, thanks for just all you do in our lives. Thank you for your love and your mercy that's new each day. Thank you that we're your kids, that you've grafted us in, and that we have a relationship with you. And those, Lord, who perhaps don't know you, um, maybe today would be that day that they come into a relationship with you. And so God, um, invite you here because, Lord, that's what we're here for. We're here to hear from you. And so Holy Spirit, have your way. Um, just pray you show up in a big way. Speak to hearts today, I pray. Walls would come down, ears would be open. And uh, God, that if you're tugging, that people would respond to that. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I quickly wanna do a summary from the Gospels to where we're at today in Acts 2. So we know that Jesus is fully God and fully man. He comes to earth. And God wraps human nature around his pre-existing divine nature. He's born of a virgin, lives a sinless life, tempted like you and I, but does not sin. He tells his disciples that he must go so that the helper can come. And then he's betrayed, brutally beaten and mocked crucified for the sins of the world, buried in a rich man's tomb, three days later, rose again. He reappeared 40 days after, and, and it's because he is alive. Now many prophecies are fulfilled. He's ascended to heaven and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. God is so good that he's made a way for you and I to respond to his draw and come into a relationship with him as our savior. And just before his ascension, here we are in Acts 2, he tells them to wait, wait. You see, the filling of the Holy Spirit is just around the corner. And so in Acts 2, Pentecost happens. The filling of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost. Peter preaches a dynamite message. I would have titled it, He is Risen. And what was the response to Peter's sermon? 
Well, Acts 2.41 tells us that 3,000 people were baptized. And you and I know that baptism follows belief. And so 3,000 people got saved. Scholars say that the church multiplied, that local church community multiplied 25 times that day because God is able. Overnight church growth. And so community, the big idea, community, take a look at the screens. A group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. A feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. And so this community, the, the Acts 2 church, is where we as a church get our model. The Acts 2 community or the Acts 2 church. And so we're gonna pick it up and park on verse 42 for the next 15 minutes. So let's read verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And so right here we have a continued pursuit of who Jesus is and what he has done. You see, they were devoted to the scriptures. Now I don't know how many of you read the book of James, but man, James is packed with so much good content, the whole Bible. But James, man, I love James. I couldn't imagine reading James one time and never reading it again. That's not what they did here. They, they didn't hear the apostles' doctrine one time and they were done. No, but they devoted themselves to the scriptures. We should be devoting ourselves to the Bible. Not I read it once, but I'm gonna read it all the time. Now that we're saved, we should desire to know him more. Now, knowing him more, as a church, we wanna give you some practical ways to do so. So we do that. You come to church, Saturday or Sunday. This is a practical way for us together in our community to grow in the apostles' doctrine. And man, we have an amazing teaching pastor. Our teaching pastor is very anointed. I love his teaching. And let me just say, verse by verse, life application is the, is the calling on this church. We're a verse by verse church. And we apply the principles to our lives. We should wanna be here every weekend. Now, Calvary classes is another area for us to grow in the Apostles' Doctrine. And so what we've done is we've created classes for divorce, grief, parenting, marriage, finances, and for new believers, start to follow. Now, I just wanna say this. I personally did Financial Peace University. I believe it is amazing. It helped in such a way. It was three years of an uphill financial battle, but I finally found that freedom that financial peace helps with. Now, if you're struggling financially, go to Financial Peace University. If you haven't been through Financial Peace University, we're gonna offer that in the spring. Now, parenting and marriage. Maybe, maybe you're, you don't have kids yet, or, or maybe your marriage is great. That doesn't mean you can't go to a parenting class. I mean, think about this for a minute. Every time your vehicle, most vehicles, right, hit 3,000 miles, what do you do? You get an oil change. Just because you get an oil change doesn't mean the vehicle's bad. You get an oil change to maintain the engine because you don't wanna have a bad engine that you gotta pay to replace, right? So you, you do maintenance. Well, man, there's nothing wrong with going to a marriage class or a parenting class. 
receive that blessing. You may learn something new. It's just like the book of James, right? Just because you read it once doesn't mean you don't continue reading it. And just because your marriage is great or maybe your marriage is struggling, this is a class for you to receive. And so we've given you this platform in the spring and fall to grow in the apostles' doctrine. Now get this, Calvary groups. We offer, we don't do a Wednesday night service, we do community groups. We do groups where you do life together. And so Calvary groups are gonna be on the same track in the spring, which is in February. We're gonna do a curriculum through LifeWay. Now group leaders, if you're in the room, 36 weeks of curriculum divided over 52 weeks. You are empowered to do six sessions and take a break. Do seven sessions, take a break. Check this out. How about a barbecue? Who likes barbecue? Yeah, so we got some barbecue fans right here, right there, right? How about you get together and you spend time in the Word for six weeks and then you have a barbecue together? Do life together. We went and played putt-putt the other day and you know what I learned? I'm awful. I can't even do good at (laughs) putt-putt. Jeff Ingram, one of our elders, let me know that. He um, he uh, destroyed us all. But but the idea here is that um, we, we come to our group to grow but we also come to our group to fellowship. We, we break bread together, we have a meal together, we, we play a game together. It's not just teaching all the time, it's fellowship, it's doing life together. And we're even in the process of developing a three-year intensive leadership track, more to follow on that in the near future. Now all of these options are available to you for the Apostles' Doctrine. You can join a group, you could join a class, you should most certainly be at church every weekend, but let me just say this right now. Pursuit of Jesus Monday through Sunday is the greatest place to experience growth. You do that on your own. You spend time with the Lord daily. You spend time with Jesus Monday through Sunday. Now, one great way is to hear the word taught here at church on the weekend or join your Calvary class or join your Calvary group, but I'm a firm believer that our individual pursuit of God is rewarding. We should be seeking the Lord daily. Listen, I'm teaching this weekend. Just because I'm teaching doesn't mean I skipped my time with the Lord. I woke up this morning, I spent some time in the book of Amos. I let the Lord speak to me. And now I'm gonna talk about the book of Acts. Why? Because my time with Jesus is so important. Your time with Jesus should be so important. Now we as a church have given you several ways to grow in the apostles' doctrine. Don't you see how this verse is being applied? Now I have to park here just a little bit longer. Our Calvary Kids director, soon to be pastor, uh, Ethan Jones shared a statistic with me about the amount of time that he and his ministry partners have with our kids. 40 hours a year is the average time. 40 hours a year is the average time that Calvary Kids Ministry Partners, thank you for what you do, pour in to our children and teach them the apostles' doctrine at their level. Parents, is 40 hours a year enough? No way. It's our responsibility. The same way we seek God Monday through Sunday, we should be pouring into our children Monday through Sunday teaching them about the love of Jesus. And then I started to think, wait a second. If that's true of kids, same is true of adults. Because we're only here 52 weekends a year. Is that enough? No. Seeking the Lord daily is where we find it. When we seek him with our whole heart and then God continues to work through weekend services and through groups. It's so important that you do all of the above Now check this out. 
the average church attendance is 1.3 times a month. Now for you math people, you're going, wait a second, Pastor Matt, you mean somebody comes one time and then comes back a second time and is only there three-tenths of the service? No, the average is 1.3 times a month. Give or take 15 times a year an individual comes to church. And by the way, if today is your 1.3 time, thank you for coming, please come next week (laughs) and the week after and the week after. Church attendance is so important to be able to receive the word of God taught from our teaching pastor, but also to pursue God Monday, Monday through Sunday. It's so important. It's heartbreaking. 1.3 times a month, I'm gonna give God an opportunity. I want you to think about this real quick. You got your refrigerator, it's full of food, and you're hungry, and you only open that door 1.3 times a month. What are you gonna look like? not gonna make it. 1.3 times a month, I'm gonna open up that refrigerator and I'm gonna eat something, Uh uh-uh. 1.3 times a month, could you imagine what somebody looks like spiritually after eating 1.3 times a month? We gotta make church attendance a priority. Our groups, one to two hours a week long that you spend in your group. You know what really makes it work is the unscheduled phone calls. A phone call on a Tuesday, how you doing? How's your marriage? Or a, hey, we're having a barbecue, come over and fellowship. Community, community. We're designed for community. We should be in community with one another because community is where a major life change happens. Take a look at the screens and look what the author of Hebrews wrote for us. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works. Here it is, not neglecting to meet together and so sad as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. It's interesting, they had the same issue then that we do today, neglecting to come to church, neglecting to fellowship, neglecting to join a group, missing out on that community. By the way, day is underlined because That is the day of the Lord, drawing near. I can't wait to be with Jesus. You know, know, so many care issues would be resolved if you and I would find a deep sense, a deep place of intimacy within our church community and within our Calvary groups. And we absolutely made pursuing God our number one priority. We need to make church attendance and group attendance a priority over other things that fade away because it's biblical. Now, next point. In our communities, we're called to love God and love people. We should be living our lives sold out for the Lord and meeting the needs of others. It's key in finishing well and honoring Jesus. So here at Calvary, we have several platforms for you to grow deep in your faith and live out your Christian life. We have the Apostles' Doctrine. Notice it doesn't say, we have the word of God for the pastor to modify so you like what he has to say. We have the word of God to only skip the parts that we're uncomfortable with. No, we have the Apostles' Doctrine to teach from, to rightly divide the word of truth, not to be modified, but to speak the truth in love. Our individual pursuit of God is so important. Hey, listen, we're still in verse 42. 
They devoted themselves to fellowship, right? So we have the apostles' doctrine. They devoted themselves. I think you get the big idea. It's so important, the apostles' doctrine. Then fellowship. Now, the Greek word fellowship, it's the Greek word koinonia, and it's translated into fellowship. So koinonia defined can be association, communion, fellowship, participation, or to share in something. David Guzik wrote this. We share the same Lord Jesus. We share the same guide for life. We share the same love for God. We share the same desire to worship him. We share the same struggles. We share the same victories. We share the same job of living for him. We share the same joy of communicating the gospel. Folks, as believers, we share these things. You and I should be fellowshipping with one another and sharing in these truths. Okay, so the apostles' doctrine was a priority. Fellowship was a priority, right? We should be doing life together. And next is the breaking of bread. This is an ordinance that we observe as a church the first Thursday of each month. You see, these men never forgot what Jesus did. It was so fresh, they wanted to remember what Jesus did on the cross, and, and we should be remembering what Jesus did on the cross for us. It's so important to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. So December 3rd, right here in this building, we're gonna be having our next First Thursday where we're gonna hear the word of God together, the Apostles' Doctrine. We're gonna pray together. We're gonna have a time of worship together and then we're gonna break bread together and we're gonna remember what Jesus did on the cross. And then we're gonna ordain two pastors that God's definitely called into the ministry. Don't miss December 3rd, it's so important. Remember, this is the model, this is the why, the Apostles' Doctrine, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the last part of verse 42 is that they devoted themselves to prayer. You know, prayer is so important and prayer is so powerful. An interesting point here is in the Greek, the definite article occurs before the word prayer. Translated this way, they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. Now this implies formal gathering. What we do here on our weekend experience, what we do out in our communities through our Calvary groups is what this is implying. A sense of togetherness and praying with one another, praying corporately together here, praying together in our Calvary groups. Church attendance and groups are biblical. Remember, Hebrews 10.25, do not forsake the assembling or the gathering or the community of the saints. 1.3 times a year is not enough. We have to pray on our own, but we most certainly should find that sense of community as we pray with one another. Prayer is so important. And so the early church was built around these four applications. Everything flowed out of these four things, the word of God, the fellowship, Remembering Jesus' death, but you know what I love about remembering his death? It's his burial and his resurrection, and he's alive. Praise God for that.
And then prayer. According to the Dictionary of New Testament Theology, the educated reader would have got the impression here that the Greek ideal society had been realized. And so what that basically means is the primary way we should be operating as believers is here in the Acts 2 model. This is how we should operate and this is what we should look like. This is why the early church, the Acts 2 church, is our church model. We're gonna pick it up in verse 43. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Let me ask you this, isn't it true that when God gets a hold of our hearts, we can experience awe and wonder? You see, the process of change begins. We call that sanctification. A reverent heart towards the Lord. One evidence of salvation is transformation. And evidence of salvation is transformation. So my army buddies laugh at me. Um, so September 2013, man, my life was awful. I was a mess. I did what I wanted. That's the, the staff sergeant that my army buddies remember. And so they'll call me up. Years have progressed by. How you doing? How's life? Man, things are going great. I mean, every other word was a cuss word, and now I'm like, everything's going great. They're like, who are you? What happened? And I'm like, well, guess what? I met an amazing man, his name is Jesus. And he changed my life. So my army buddies, they're in brokenness, and they're in their addictions, and they're in their bondage. Everything that I experienced in my addictions, in my brokenness, in my bondage, and they wanna know what was it that freed me, and I have the answer, and it's not me, it's Jesus. And because God can transform us, he can use us to make his name great, and then other people can taste and see that the Lord is good. Not just the pastor's the believers. We have this opportunity. God is able. I thank God for his continued work in my life. And I thank God that when you seek him, that it's so true that he can be found. The evidence of the power of God in our lives is that he can do amazing things in us and amazing things through us. I'm in awe of God and his work. And my army buddies are like, who are you? And the only response I can have is Jesus did this. This is what happens when you come into a relationship with God. He can turn ashes into beauty. That's who our God is. Back to the text, verse 44 and 45. And all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. <clears throat> so picture this moment, right? 3,000 people get saved, right? So the, the, the Christian community multiplied by 25 at that moment. And scholars say the majority of this community didn't have jobs. So they sold everything that they had and took care of one another. That's amazing. Now this act was voluntary and most certainly temporary. If all the believers today just stop, if we all had this attitude, we're gonna stop working, and then we try to take care of one another, we'd have absolutely nothing to do, nothing to take care of each other with, right? So we need to read scripture in its text. This was what was going on then. However, we can apply this principle to our lives today. 
If we are following the principle of giving and we have the opportunity to give offerings above our giving, if we're able, we should. We should help others in need. You know, you might know somebody sitting in this room right now who's struggling financially. You might know somebody in your Calvary group who's hurting. Help them. Be the church. Why not, right? If you have the means and the Lord is leading you, then bless somebody. And now check this out. God may be tugging on your heart to be a blessing to that person who doesn't know his son. Your generosity might be the bridge that leads that individual to salvation. If God is tugging on your heart to be a blessing, be that blessing. That's what the Acts 2 church did. They took care of one another. We should be taking care of one another. Speaking of community needs, there's an organization called Graceway Village right here in our town in Fort Pierce. Now let me just say this. I have the privilege of serving on the board for Graceway Village and this organization wholeheartedly depends on the Lord. Now they meet the needs of the homeless and the low-income communities. It's an incredible community outreach. And the same way the early church came together and took care of one another is the same way we should be coming together and taking care of others. Now you and I have the opportunity as an individual, as a group, or bring your family and go serve the homeless community and go serve families in need. Now we support Graceway Village under the leadership of the executive director, Kathy Mooring, and her son-in-law is Andrew Webb, our new care pastor. So Andrew took over the position that I was in. Yes. If you haven't met Andrew Webb, I'm gonna say this. I said it every service. I messed up the last service and corrected. So besides Jesus and my wife, Andrew is probably the third nicest person I've ever met. Most so, yeah, I almost messed up at the last service, but thank God for his grace. So Andrew, number three, not number two, um, but great guy, meet him, loves the Lord, loves people, definitely called to be our care pastor. And I'm so excited that you're here, brother, love you. And so Graceway Village, I'm talking about it, but let me show you what it's about. Take a look at the screens. gracewayvillage.com, amen, gracewayvillage.com, it's so simple. We just painted a picture of what it could look like if you were to go there. You could package a meal, you could help in the kitchen, you can clean up, or you could deliver a meal. Last week we delivered a meal to a gentleman's house, it was his 84th birthday and 
uh, seven people, that guy right there with the big beard, um, we sang, we sang to this man and it, it moved him. Another guy named Willie, months now, I'm not ready to accept Christ. I don't, I don't know how I feel about this whole God thing. Brought him a Bible and gave his life to the Lord two weeks ago. Fruit. Yeah. <clears throat> not these four walls and everything inside, but it's what's outside these four walls. We need to be ministering to the community. We need to be loving on our community. We need to be meeting the needs. And it's, it's, not, it's not challenging. Get out there and serve. Listen. Thanks for giving, by the way, those of you who give and honor the Lord with your giving. Because of your faithfulness and generosity, we are, as a church, able to financially support that organization. That means food into the mouths of people who can't afford it. At our last board meeting and some continued dialogue, I discovered that we had to cancel feeding homeless people and families one night a week. Yeah, <clears throat> so originally the plan was never designed for five nights a week, but because of COVID, They've been feeding people five nights a week, hundreds and hundreds of meals a day. But we had to stop one night, and it wasn't because of money. It was because of manpower. And it wasn't because of funding. It was because of people. We didn't have enough people to serve, so we had to close a night. Come on, church. 20% of the church does 80% of the giving. 20% of the church does 80% of the giving, and by giving, time, talent, and treasure. One out of five people gives. This breaks my heart. I personally have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, and all I wanna do is live for him. After all that Jesus did for me on the cross, I wanna live for him, I wanna give, I wanna give of my time, of my talent, and of my treasure. And for the record, I did these things before I was a pastor on this church staff. That was my conviction to give to the ministry before I ever became a staff member here. It's not a plug, it's applicable because that's what the Acts 2 church did. They took care of one another. Graceway Village needs us. They're ministering to a large homeless and poverty community. And let me tell you something, every house I go to, the majority, there's kids in these houses. Kids. Let's be the church. The Acts 2 church got it. Calvary Port St. Lucie, we should get it. Let's grow spiritually. Let's serve others. Listen, if you're immunocompromised and you're advanced in age, I wholeheartedly believe that God completely understands you withdrawing from some opportunities like this. I absolutely do. But the rest of us? Come on, church. I was at Walmart the other day. Somebody saw me. Pastor Matt! Pastor Matt, I miss you so much. I miss church. I can't wait to come back. I'm thinking, you're at Walmart. <laughs> come on. If you're immunocompromised or advanced in age, I totally understand. But if you're not in those categories and you're waving hi to me at Walmart, come to church, go serve. You know, Satan wants you to skip church. He doesn't want you here. He loves it when you're 1.3 times a month. You know why? Because then he can create more chaos and suffering in your life. And then when the bottom falls out, you don't know what to do. But if we're spending time with Jesus Monday through Sunday, guess what happens when life throws us curveballs? We press into the Lord and he helps us. It's time to take a stand, church. 
It's time to take a stand. It's time for individual revival in our hearts. Pastor Mike talked about that circle. Let God sanctify what's within that circle and then you can be a light in the community. We should be coming together as a community. In verse 44, I mentioned the community in there. It says, all who believed were together. Notice together. Now the Jews practiced um, an amazing practice during feasts of coming together. They had hospitality nailed down. I mean, People were staying at other people's houses. They were breaking bread together. And at the end of the day, at the end of the feast, there wasn't a bill. They weren't charging one another. They were just helping one another. And the Christians, the early church, adopted this model and made it an everyday practice. Now, we should be taking care of one another. We should be doing life with one another. You know, like accountability? How about studying the word of God? How about taking care of widows and orphans? In the, in the book of James, remember I mentioned, if you only read it one time, read it again. Keep reading the book of James. After chapter one, it talks about widows and orphans and visiting them in their distress. Pure and undefiled religion, right? Man, we have an opportunity to, to bless people abroad. Locally, we support Graceway and many other organizations that are incredible like CareNet or Grace Packs. We're helping them as a church, but also globally, we have several organizations that we support, but one in particular I would like to focus on is Global Vision Citadel Ministries. Christmas in Haiti is in the foyer. Now, every year we collect money, we collect gifts, and honestly, I'm the biggest advocate for child sponsorship. Why? Because we adopted an orphanage. That's what we did. Our very own mission to add to our international community now, Eves, his wife, Samat, Mark and Steve, their sons, and Mark's wife, Ruth, prophet, are the ones that God have called to be serving in Haiti. They've been doing it for over two decades, ministering to the people in Haiti. Now, what I love about this family is that they have been faithful to this church with their time, their talent, and their treasure. This is their home church. They serve in our Calvary Kids ministry. So he's in Haiti, 20 years serving, and their family is planted here. This is their home church. They don't just talk about it, they live it out. Not just, hey, I'm gonna serve God, but they actually do what they say they're gonna do and they walk it out. They serve the Lord. Pastor Lee and I also, I serve on the board for GVCM and I love what God is doing there. Let me just say this, 70 churches all over that country teaching the word of God to Haitians. 24 schools providing education so there can be some hope for a career of some sort in a very, very broken, poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Not to mention 135 orphans that we have been spiritually, financially, physically, and emotionally supporting and loving since September 2016. Now, we've been supporting this organization in Haiti even longer, but just like the early church, you and I can be a blessing and we can sponsor a child for $35 a month. Now listen, some people hear 35, like, oh, that's a lot of money. Each child can have up to five sponsors. That's $175 a month if all five max slots are filled. Now my 10-month-old, she, she destroys $100 a month in formula. She tears up $50 a month in diapers and wipes, literally. It costs $150 a month just for my 10-month-old to eat and to make sure her hygiene is taken care of. $150 a month. Now we're saying $175 a month is gonna meet the needs of orphans for food, clothing, shelter, education, medical, dental, and so much more. 
some of which you in this room have gone and provided services. And we're blessed in this country. We are so blessed in America. And above our giving, Michelle and I, my wife, we sponsor two children, Ken Love and Dafka. Honestly, it costs the same to support these two kids a month as it does to go one night out to Texas Roadhouse. I'm not boasting, so you give me credit. I just wanna say we found a way to make it work. We had to make an adjustment in our budget, and we did it, and it's above our commitment to this church. It's an offering to the Lord, to these kids. They need help. I believe that this is what they did in Acts 2. They helped one another. That's what we should be doing as believers. I wanna help people locally. I wanna help people globally. And I'm not asking anybody to do something that I don't do myself. I personally see the financial books for Graceway Village and I see the financials for GVCM and every dollar has a home and it's spent appropriately above board ethically and to meet the needs of people who are suffering. By the way, if you're a sponsor, thank you for sponsoring. I've got a video for you. I am so happy to say thank you to my sponsor. May God bless you and your path. Thank you for praying for me. I love you. God bless you. Thank you for caring about me. Happy Thanksgiving. We love you. Yeah. You know, my favorite part about the orphanage that we adopted is that we can get on a plane and we can go visit them. So you support a kid financially, you meet them. I've been watching these kids grow up since 2016. I can't wait to go December 10th. I'm so excited to have Christmas in Haiti. It's not too late. I told Pastor Mike this was my last opportunity. Um, it's this weekend to, to do a plug for Haiti. It's not too late. Don't, don't see the line at the table and go, ah, I don't wanna go. Go to the table. Make the difference in a life of a child today. You can bless an orphan that doesn't have parents. Maybe their parents are alive, but they were so young when they had them, they just can't afford them. They can't be responsible. Maybe their parents are not alive. And you can be a blessing in the life of an orphan. The Acts 2 church was willing to sell everything because Jesus was more important than stuff. And don't get me wrong, in this room, you may not be able to afford to support a child financially. I totally understand. But here's my question. Where are you serving? I mean, it's not just giving of monetary. It's giving of time and treasure. If you don't have the means to give in this season above your, your tithe, where are you serving? You know your finances. And you know your secret bank account, password, and username, and so does God. When no one's looking, God already knew. And if you've got it, man, we should have hands like this, not like this, because guess who gave it to you? The Lord. And we can bless widows, we can bless orphans. Don't be so quick to write it off. Really, really dig deep in your hearts. 
If you're following the principle of giving and you have room in your budget to go above as an offering, sponsor a child, please partner with us. Michelle and I, we sponsor two kids. Like I told you, we sacrifice a meal out and it's $1.15 a day per kid. $1.15 a day. Take a look at the screen at this point. It's not about what God can do for me. It's about what God can do through me for others. Folks, we're called to love God and love people. It doesn't say love self and forget people because God's got them. I know he's got the whole world in his hands, but that doesn't mean that he's not gonna work through you to meet the needs of someone he's holding in the palm of his hand. Let's be the church. Let's take care of one another. That's what the Acts 2 church did and that's our model. That's what we should be doing. That's why we should be doing it. We should be taking care of one another. Our last two verses, verses 46 and 47. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Folks, that's why the Acts 2 church is our model. The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Take a look at the last point. So this is what we should look like. We should be faithful to the apostles' doctrine. What does that mean? Seeking God Monday through Sunday. What else does that mean? Making church attendance a priority to receive the word of God. Making groups a priority Parents teaching our children about Jesus. Our student pastor, Pastor Andrew, does an incredible job pouring into our students. And he'll be the first to tell us it's not enough. We have a great responsibility to pour into our families. The apostles' doctrine, our, our priority. You could do that through a group, you could do that through a class, you do that through the weekend service, but don't forget, Monday through Sunday, pursuit of God. Fellowship, we should be doing life together. We should have a community around us of other believers so that when we go through hard times, we can leave on, lean on one another. Breaking of bread, right? We do that as a church. We, we observe the ordinance of communion and baptism and prayer. Prayer is so important. We should be praying for one another in our groups. We should be praying for one another in our private time. This is what we should look like. We should be faithful to the church that God has called us to. We should be faithful to the worship of God because he's worthy of praise. We should be faithful to learning his word. God wants us to share our lives together. Join a group, join a class, serve one another, sponsor an orphan. Some of the widows in our church, their families don't live anywhere near them. Groups, we should be taking care of our widows, coming around them, helping them. Sometimes it's as simple as changing a light bulb that they'll hire an electrician to come out and change for them because they don't have the strength to climb up a ladder. Are you kidding me? Folks, we should be taking care of one another. Serve in Calvary Kids. Serve in the parking lot. Maybe finances are tight and you, you can't sponsor an orphan, but you can serve. You should be. Jesus did it. He came to serve, not to be served. He came to serve, he modeled it. We should be doing that. 
You see, it's God's responsibility to grow the church. And if you and I are faithful to seek him, to follow him, and to serve him, he'll add to us daily. Isn't it about the gospel? Isn't it about people coming into a relationship with Jesus so that they can be with God eternal forever? Hell is real. And I believe that in this room are the instruments that God can use if you choose to let him. Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. Isn't it great, just for a moment, for those of us who've given our lives to Christ, we're going to heaven one day. That's great. What about the people who don't know Jesus? Let's be believers who live it out, not just talk about it, but to be about it and to take it seriously. Last, last point, in 2017, I did a message and I talked about the car ride of life. Now I want you to imagine that you're driving in your vehicle and you're cruising down the road and, and, and there you are, you're driving, you're driving. Well, you have a blind spot right here and you also have a blind spot right here. You, 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 you don't get to see what's on the other side of that blind spot. That's why it's called a blind spot. You have to make a choice to let community happen in your life. Unlock your door and let a passenger get in. Because now what was once a blind spot for you is something that your other passenger can see. And what they can't, you can. And that's what community is about. Doing life together. Iron sharpening iron. Let people into your life. Join a group. Grow. Experience that growth in a group. Don't miss out. Don't miss out on that opportunity. February's around the corner. Now that I'm over groups, I'm gonna plug, join a group. Don't miss it. I'm telling you, it changed my life. God worked in such a way in my life through my group. Man, thank God for my group. We should be living our lives off for the Lord. Let's